Ready to get in the book? Ready to get in the Word? So we're in Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, what I want to do is give us a quick overview of chapter 4, like fast, and then we're going to stand, we're going to read a portion of the Scripture, then we're going to dive in. Y'all ready? All right, so here in Genesis chapter 4, we've, we've just finished where Adam and Eve have sinned and they've separated themselves from God and, and now they're producing children in their fallen image, no longer in God's image. We looked at that last week. Now they're born in the likeness and image of fallen Adam. You see that in Genesis chapter 5 in, in verse 3. And then you find that they have two children here, Abel and Cain. Cain's the firstborn, Abel's the secondborn. Cain is a tiller of the ground, and, and Abel is a, is a shepherd. He, he tends the sheep. Well, they both bring an offering to God, and Abel's gets accepted and or respected, and, Ga- and, and Cain's gets rejected. And so Cain gets upset. He gets mad. God calls him out on it, and he goes out, and he kills his brother Abel. So you go from eating fruit, right, <laughs> disobedience to God, to murder, I mean, we, we, that's a fast jump. So eating fruit to murder, and then Cain ends up removing himself from God's presence, and then he ends up having generations follow him that follow in his footsteps. Now that's a synopsis of Genesis chapter 4. So let's stand together for the reading of God's word. We're going to read eight verses here. Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 to 8. Is everybody there? Say amen. Verse 1. It says, And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of the flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they, were, when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Lord, I pray that you would um, open our eyes to behold wondrous things out of your word today. Lord, as we look at this familiar passage of scripture for many of us, Lord, I pray that we would delve into the depths of it and yet understand our purpose. Lord, we're trying to do an overview of the word of God. So, Lord, I pray that as we dive into this chapter, Lord, that you will give us the things that we need. And, Lord, I pray that we'd be convicted of our sin and our need to have a relationship with you. And, Lord, I pray that we would also be encouraged as we leave this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so that's a quick synopsis, a quick overview of it. Cain and Abel are born. They bring an offering. God likes one. God doesn't like the other one. The one who doesn't like gets mad. He gets upset, kills his brother. And then you, you deal with the fallout through the rest of it. And maybe you're thinking, okay, what does that have to do with me? And the answer is everything. Has everything to do with you? Has everything to do with me? Can I remind you of a verse? It's Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. Let's look over here real quick. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. No, so just let me give you a heads up. Today is going to be a little bit of a Bible study. We're going to do some Bible study. Not a whole lot of flipping, but we're going to do some Bible study. Look at some things. 
But this is important to get. This is a very important portion of Scripture because Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, if you remember from last time, is there's a promised seed. It's Jesus Christ. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. Now, we went into detail about that last week. Women don't have seed. Men do. This is a prophecy of a virgin birth that's going to transpire through the lineage of Adam and Eve. And it says, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This is God speaking to Satan at the time. And it's a prophecy of Jesus Christ. And so, that stands to reason then that this is a story about which family line the promised seed is going to come through. That's what this is a story about. In fact, that's a, that's a running theme throughout the entire Bible is where is the theme of the promised seed? I, our students are studying the book of Galatians in chapter, what, three? Chapter four? And laying all that out, the promised seed. Man, man it's interesting how God just has orchestrated this event. So now, here's what we know. We know the seed line has to come through one of their children. This promised seed of Genesis 3.15 has to come through the line of one of their children. So in chapter four, we deal with Cain's line. In chapter 5, we deal with Seth's line because Cain is no longer with us, right? Oh, sorry, Cain, because Abel has killed Abel. Say that correctly. Cain killed Abel, right? So Abel's off the scene. Seth is now replacing him. And so chapter 5 gives us that line. And this is a story about fallen man's ability to have a relationship with God in their fallen state. That's what this is a story of. So it's a story of following the promise seed, but it's also a story of having a relationship with God. And here's what I need you to understand before we get into all the notes. Is that some believers, some people try to choose to earn God's favor with the things that they do and the things that they don't do. And that's what you have with Cain. He's trying to earn God's favor. Then here's, what, here's how that works out. Because you have some people who will say, well, I have to try really, really hard because I want God to be pleased with me. And when that falls apart, when that fails, then I feel nothing but guilt and shame. But then here's the other problem is you have church leaders who do the exact same thing. And so they guilt and they shame individuals into trying really, really hard so that God will be pleased with them. And that's not, our, that's not my job. My job is not to manipulate you or guilt and shame you into serving Jesus. That's between you and the Lord. My job is to preach the truth. Amen? Y'all with me? My job is to preach the truth of the Word of God. Your job is, my job is to follow the Lord in our individual priesthoods that we are. And so you have some who say, okay, I'm going to earn God's favor. But then you also have some who says, you know what, I'm going to come to God on His terms. And that's represented by Abel. Right, so our sermon title today is Choosing How Your Story Ends. Because this is a story. And what you're going to find later as we get to the end of the message is it really lays out a story. And so this is a story of fallen man's ability to have a relationship with God. So here's the first blank I have for you today. Is choose how you will approach God. Choose how you will approach God. Will you, will you have a faith-based view or will you have a works-based view? Because the faith-based view is, is, is demonstrated, represented us by, by Abel, right? And so Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4 says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. What, what, what's going on in here? What, what's going on with this passage? Well, he offers a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, 
God testifying of his gifts, and by it, being dead, yet speaketh. And so here's, by faith, Abel. So we know Abel, when he brought his offering, it was a faith practice, right? So are you going to approach God with a faith-based view, or are you going to come to him in a works-based approach? And that's represented by Cain. Let me give you Jude chapter 1, verse 11. Jude 1, verse 11, it says, Woe unto them, for they have gone the way of Cain. That's an interesting Bible study. The way of Cain, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perish in the gainsaying of Corey. You want to study some people? Study some of those guys out. Cain, and Balaam, and, and Corey. Korah, Dathan, and Byram, right? That, that whole passage. Let me remind you of 1 John chapter 3, verse 12. 1 John 3, 12 says, Not as Cain, which was of that wicked one. Oh, that's a Wednesday night deal. Of that wicked one. And slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Now we know, according to Hebrews chapter 11, that Abel brought his offering by faith. And what does this text tell us about Cain? When Cain brings his offering to the Lord, it was by works. And so you have a choice, I have a choice. Are we going to approach God on our terms, works? Or are we going to approach God on, on God's terms, faith? Super, super important to understand this. So on your sheet, if you're, if you're into taking notes, on your sheet you have this little, little chart. On one side is works, on the other side is, is faith. Is Jesus calling? Are we good? All right. On one side is works, on the other side, on the other side is faith. Check this out, verse 1. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. Now check this out. This is important to get. And Abel was a keeper of sheep. Then it says, but. Pay attention to individual words and why they're in the scriptures. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And so we're going to look at this rather quickly. Works says this. Here's what works says. My works determine my faith. That's what works say. My works determine my, my faith. So it says that Cain is a tiller of the ground. Let me go over here to chapter 3 for a moment. Look at verse 17. After the fall, what happens in chapter 3, verse 17? And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Look at this. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. That's the curse. And so what does Cain do? He becomes a tiller of the ground. He leans into the curse, doesn't he? Y'all with me on this? He leans into the, into the cursed ground and says, you know what? I'm going to be a farmer. Nothing wrong with farming. Just know this. It's hard work. Why is it hard work? Because the ground is cursed. And it's going to be hard. And so here he, here he is. He begins to be a, be a tiller of the ground. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. You know we're going here. You know we have to go here. For by grace are you saved. Through faith. And that not of yourselves. Not of works. Why? Lest any man should boast. Notice, there's a gift of God here, isn't there? There's this gift of God. It is the gift of God. Salvation is a gift. You're not able to work your way to God. Amen, church? I would have thought that had been a little bit more stronger. I'm just saying. You can't work your way to God. It's not possible. You can't earn God's favor. You're going to fall short every single time. 
So here, here is, here's Cain. He's tilling the ground. Basically, here's what he's saying. I want a relationship with God, therefore I must work hard. And I'm going to I'm going to bring all my hard work, all my hard labor at his feet and won't God be impressed with me? That's works. And we go, when we understand that with salvation. You can't work your way to God. And yet, what do we do as believers? In our relationship with God, after salvation, we try to do it just like that too. Look at everything I'm doing for the Lord. I'm going to read my Bible for an hour every single day. I'm going to read this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get involved with that. I'm going to do everything I possibly can so that God will be pleased with me. It doesn't work like that. God is not pleased with your much serving. God is not pleased with busyness. He's not pleased with your works. So work says, my works determine my faith. Here's what faith says on the other side. My faith determines my work. My faith determines my work. So work says, no, my works determine my faith. No, faith says my faith determines my work. Well, how do we know that? Because he's a keeper of the sheep, isn't he? Abel's a keeper of the sheep. Now, let me go back over here to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 21. Genesis 3, 21, it says, Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Proverbs 27 tells us the lambs are for our clothing. Right? Jesus is the lamb of God. I believe these are lamb skins. And so Abel does the math. He's like, oh, wait a second. My brother is leaning into the curse. I'm going to lean into the cure. I'm going to be a keeper of the sheep because there must be a shedding of blood to have a right relationship with the Lord. And so he says, I'm going to work hard because I have a relationship with God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. So right after Ephesians 2, 8, 9, he says this in verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works. Titus chapter 3 tells us to maintain good works. Not so that God is pleased with us, but so we evidence and say, because I serve the Lord most high, he's worthy of my effort. He's worthy of my work. My faith determines my work. All right, let's go back to the work side. Look at verses 3 and 4. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, verse 5. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. All right, so here's what work says. Work says, I'm going to offer God my very best. I'm going to offer God my very best. And you know what that is? That's always going to be a bloodless sacrifice. A sacrifice without suffering. A sacrifice of my own effort and of my own, of my own works. Where faith says, on the other side, I'm going to offer God his very best. I'm going to offer God my very best or his very best. Well, see, I want to offer God his very best. That's a blood sacrifice. That's why Abel brings the offering. Now, we're not told why they're bringing offerings. We're not told that they're commanded to bring offerings. We just know that they bring them. And it's understood by just reading, reading the text that Cain should have gone to his brother and maybe traded some goods, something, to get his lamb, right? So that he can also bring a sacrifice. But he doesn't do that. He brings of his own works. He brings of his own labor. And then Abel brings of a sheep. And this says, it says that God had respect to Abel's, but unto Cain he did not have respect. Now this is super important right here. This is where the rubber hits the road. Because when there's a believer, I'm telling you, I see this all the time. When a believer 
their relationship with God is summed up in everything they do and how hard they're serving the Lord. And it's going to fall flat on their face one day. And they're, they're going to read the room wrong. Because here's what happens. Here's what work says. Work says, I'm rejected because of my offering. Cain took it personally as a personal rejection. It doesn't say that, does it? It does not say that God rejected Cain. What does it say? It says that God had not respect to Cain's offering. It was in his labor. It was in his work. It was in the fruits of it that he laid down at his feet and says, Look what I did for you. And God had not respect for it. But here's what he heard. He heard, I'm rejected. Doesn't that happen? It's exactly what happens. A works-based Christianity, a works-based relationship with God will leave you always feeling rejected, like you failed God. And you're going to feel rejected. Now, here's what faith says on the other side. My offering is respected. Look, my offering is respected. Even Abel's not, it doesn't say that Abel is, is accepted, does it? It doesn't say he's, he's accepted. It says he's respected. But unto Abel and his offering, God had respect. Now, what I just gave you should just unlock your life right there. Well, you, it's your choice how your story ends. And I'm telling you, if you choose to have a works-based approach to God, that's going to end in you feeling rejected and separated from Him. If you have a faith-based view of God, I'm telling you what, it's going to end up with God respecting your offering. Now, here's where I'm going to just give you a passage of Scripture. I need you to go to it on your own sometime this week. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we're told in verse 11 that there's no other foundation can be laid than that, which is Jesus Christ, right? And we're supposed to build upon that foundation wood, uh, gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, stubble. Your choice. Let me, let, me give you, let me give you the idea here. Gold, silver, precious stones, faith-based. Wood, hay, stubble, works-based. We just talked about this on Wednesday night for those of you that were here Wednesday night. We got in and we defined all those ter terms and what they mean and what they are. And then here's what's going to happen. The judgment seat of Christ. God's going to look at it. Jesus Christ is going to, to send fire into it. And that which remains is a reward. And that which is gone is lost. And what determines whether it makes it or not? It's what is, what's the heart behind it. Of what sort it is. Works or faith. And God will not have respect to anything that's brought forth and laid down at his feet in the area of works. And you could be doing godly things and still be doing it in your flesh. Truth? So possible to be doing godly things in your flesh and God is not impressed. All right? So stay here in verse 5. So it says, but unto Cain and to his offering, and he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? Verse 7. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be, what's the next word? Accepted. 
So before it's respected, but now we're dealing with acceptation. That's interesting. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. All right, so here's, here's the next point I want you to get, is that you need to choose how, I need to choose how, we, we will, you will respond to God's correction. So we're, already, we're always choosing how we're going to approach God, faith or works. But if I choose the works route, then I need to be ready to respond to God's correction because he's going to draw us into correction. Because here's the next point, verse 5, here's what you see is there's, there's, a potential for broken, there's a potential for broken fellowship. Remember, Cain doesn't hear God uh, uh, rejected the offering. He hears God rejected me. That's what he's hearing. So now, immediately what happens? He feels like he doesn't measure up. Parents, you know this to be true. If you have a child who feels like he or she does not measure up, what are the two responses you're going to find in your home? Anger, bitterness, and depression or discountenance. That's why he says, fathers provoke not your children to wrath lest they be discouraged. Right? So check this out. Verse 5. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And look at this. Here's the response. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. God didn't take my works. I can't believe he wouldn't do that, right? He gets upset. Throws a little hissy fit. But here's what, how, here's what happens. Discouragement enters in. His countenance falls. What does that mean? He's no longer able to look God in the eyes. No longer able or willing to look at God. His countenance falls. His face goes down. And then anger creeps in and bitterness begins to consume him. And then God shows up in verse 6. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? Brings it back to him. Why are you so angry? And why are you so discouraged? What's going on here? Then he says this in verse 7. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? Shalt thou not be accepted? All right, so there's potential for broken fellowship. But here's the next point. There's potential for restored fellowship. There's potential for restored fellowship. What's God doing with Cain? He's asking questions so that Cain will come to the right conclusion. That's what he's doing. All these are questions. Ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. Why? So they'll come to the right conclusion. Why? Because God gives us the opportunity to confess and to repent. Amen? Praise the Lord for that. We have the opportunity to be right with the Lord, to, con to confess and to repent. And here's his two choices that he has. Bring a blood sacrifice, that's if thou doest well. Bring a blood sacrifice. Or option number two, sin lieth at the door. Notice what he says. If thou doest well, verse 7, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. Your choice, you're getting ready to open that door. What happens on the other side of that door is up to you. Okay? 
There's exception. We just looked at this verse this morning at 9 a.m. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open up to me and hear my voice, he goes, I will come in unto him and sup with him. That's God speaking to believers, not lost people. And that's exactly what's happening here in, in Genesis chapter 4. God is on the outside of the door saying, you got a choice, man. Open unto me or open unto sin. Your choice. Well, how do I do that? you got to bring me a blood sacrifice. That's what he says. Bring me a blood sacrifice. All right. So there's potential for a broken relationship. Potential for a restored relationship. We all know the story. We know he chose door number two. Right? That's what door he chose. Sin lies up door. Well, how do we know that? Because I want you to see something at the end of verse 7. And unto thee shall be his desire. So he says, listen, if you, if you bring the blood sacrifice, if you do this correctly, then Abel is going to have desire of you, and you're going to rule over him. Which sounds very familiar to what we read over here in verse 16 of chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 16. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception and sorrow. Thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Sound familiar? Sounds very familiar to what's happening over here in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 7. So here's what he hears. He hears, I'm rejected, and the only way that I can be accepted in God's eyes is if I do it Abel's way. So if I do it Abel's way, then that's what, God, that's what God's going to be pleased with. So he's not hearing this with right ears. Because what he should be hearing is, i got to do this God's way. But he says, no, I'm hearing it my brother's way. So he's measuring himself up to Abel instead of unto God. Y'all seeing this? That's what is happening here. And he chooses, he chooses very, very poorly. Verse 8. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Now, I don't know what they talked about. You don't know what they talked about. I have no clue. I have an idea, but I don't know. They're talking. Cain gets upset. Kills his, kills his brother. Here's the next point. The choice you make will determine how your story ends. The choice you make will determine how your story ends. Because choosing faith, here's the next point. Choosing a faith-based approach will bring simplicity to your story. Let's talk about Abel just for a moment. He chose wisely, didn't he? He chose a faith-based approach to God. And what does that do for his story? It makes it very simple. A very simple life. A very simple focus. Two things. And let me just tell you, if you choose to live a faith-based approach to God, this is how simple your life is. It's simple. Here's the first thing. You have the opportunity to live a sacrificial life. What happened to Abel? Because he served the Lord. Because he was walking with the Lord. It cost him his life, didn't it? And that's exactly what God is calling us to do. He's not telling you to go lose your life literally. But for you and I, we get to be living sacrifices to the Lord, right? Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy. What's the next word? Acceptable unto God. Which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Unlike Cain. But by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's what God has called you to. If you have a faith-based approach to God, simply live as a living sacrifice. Very simple. You have the opportunity to be a sacrifice. Live a sacrificial life. But here's the second side of this. You also have the opportunity to see yourself... Um, that's bad, bad language on my... That doesn't even make sense. You have the opportunity to see yourself uh, replaced. That word B shouldn't even be there. Alright, so... You, you want to be able to get to the point where you are no longer needed. That there's a replacement for you. Right? Let's skip to the end of the story. Skip to the end of the story. Look at verse 25. Look at verse 25. So Abel's gone. Then you get to verse 25. And Adam knew his wife again. And she bare a son. And called his name Seth. For God said she hath appointed me another... What's the word? Seeds. Instead of Abel. Whom Cain slew. Remember, it's about the seed line. Verse 26. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son. He called his name Enos. This. Then began man to call upon the name of the Lord. What you're going to find in the rest of chapter 4 is men stopped calling on the name of the Lord. But through Seth's line, men began to call on the name of the Lord. And that Seth's name means, you ready for this? Substitute. That's what his name is. And what would happen if we would have a faith-based approach to, word, to the Lord, walk with Him, living simply that I could be a living sacrifice, but also living in such a way that I'm replaced. In other words, my ministry responsibility to pass the lineage of the seed, and what's the seed? It's the Word of God for us. One day, pass it on to somebody else. Right? So let me give you my favorite discipleship verse, as of right now. It changes all the time. Mason makes fun of me. I've always got new favorite verses. But first, that's the chapter 4, in verse 1. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and he says, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you proceed of us, how you ought to walk to please God, so ye would abound more and more. In other words, you no longer need me. Why don't you go and do that? And I'll, and I'll, I'll fade away into the, into the back. I'm telling you, one day that's going to happen here. I'm no longer going to be the main pastor here. I'll be stepping back and somebody else will lead. Because that's by God's design. Can I get an amen? When you engage in any kind of ministry, whatever it is that God would have for you, you ought to be thinking about replacing yourself immediately. That is true ministry, and that's a true faith-based approach. God doesn't need me. He, gets to, he uses me as I'm a living sacrifice. That's the message. And Abel got that. Abel got that. Now, let's, let's get into some heavy stuff. Ready? Go back to verse 8. Go back to verse 8. Because if you choose, here's your next point, if you choose a works-based approach, it's got to bring difficulty to your story. This is me loving you. I love you. So much that I'm going to tell you the truth. 
You can live a simple life, a life, or a difficult life. No choice, no choice, no choice, no choice. But here's how it's going to roll out for you. If you choose a work-based approach, you're going to come to a point where you realize my work, my work is rising up, and you're going to take it, take it personally. And you're going to think God's rejecting you. No, he's not. He's not. He's rejecting what you brought to the Bible in your own effort. Had nothing, had nothing to do with you, you whatsoever. whatsoever. You're going to take it personally. personally. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to find yourself. yourself. What happens, what happens here in verse 8. Verse eight. As he goes, and goes, hills, hills, Abel, Abel, right, right. So here's, so here's got a little, blank, a little blank here next to, next to, so, so verse eight, verse eight, bitterness, bitterness. It's going to bring bitterness, bitterness into your life. What do you mean? What do you mean? By going to start cutting off, cutting off with the faith, the faith relationship with God. That's what's going to happen. Because you're going to measure yourself with another believer instead of God. God. You're going to equate with somebody else as opposed to God. God of God. God instead of God of God's way. And so you're going to begin to begin to keep off, off who have a faith in relationship with the Lord, Lord. Just like just he like held Abel, Abel, you're going to say, going to say I'm, done I'm done with anybody who's done the Lord like, Lord like that. That's called That's false, false religion. Then you see, then you see this sign, and the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, my brother? And he said, I know not, am I my brother's deeper? We call that back talk. They go back talk the Lord's Lord. He's back talking the Lord. So here's the thing. That's going to you. To you. Bitterness is going to turn into callous. Callous. That's what you're going to get hard. hard. You're going to get you're going to get crossed. It's going to be hard to deal, hard with, deal with. You're going to be obstinate in the smallest towards any conviction. Especially the God of God's word. So when God shows up and God's been God's against you, that bitterness is going to turn into callous. Callous and it's going to respond in obstinance. Obstinance. Versus 10, 10, 11, 11. And he said, he said, what hast thou done? done? The voice of thy brothers replied, why is it unto me? From the ground, from the ground. you want to come in with your works. Now you don't want to talk about your works. Is that what you're doing? You want to talk about your works? 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 And he says, he says, your brothers, your brothers, cries from his ground. Verse 11, 11. And now art thou first from the earth. Which opened over in mouth, mouth, see that brother's blood flow in my hand. It says, now it's that first curse from the earth. The earth. That begins to get launched out. You're not going to find a place. Here's your next, here's your next word. Wondering. Wondering. Are you going to go from bitterness, bitterness to callous, callousness to a life, life, wondering. In other words, you're going to find life, life, the run, the run. You're going to face a physical life on the run, on the run. And you're going to and find a no place, place, place of acceptance. It sounds fun, 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 doesn't it? Wow, wow. How many people can go with me like, like that? This, this is, is their, their story. story. Bitterness, bitterness. To callous callousness. To, to a place where I just, just find a spot where I'm like I never had been, been, I have, no, have place. no place. A life of life of wondering. Oh, oh. It gets even better. It's off the yard. 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 It's off the
behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid. God, God. I'm not gonna find a place. I, 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 I'm not gonna be able to have a relationship. I'm not gonna be able to have a relationship with anybody. I'm gonna be alone. This is this is this is the fourteen. I should I should meet you in a bag a bag of bond. In other words, a vagrant. I'm gonna be a fugitive in a bag a bag of bond in the earth. It should come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. Everyone that findeth me. Because there's a lot, a lot of right now, right now, right, right. I mean, there's a whole there's lot, a lot of people running around, around. Well, he knows, he knows that there's going to be more, be more. He knows there's going to be more, be more people. But here's what it takes. What it takes him to. Here's the next, here's the next blank. It's anxiety, anxiety. Becomes very, very anxious. Fear who you become, and then fearing others, crippling anxiety, anxiety.
now, now, quickly, quickly. Maybe you want to wait until the end of the end and have a picture, picture of the screen. Of the screen. Let me just run you through the meanings of the names, names of Cain's family. family. Cain, Cain, his name his means, means self-made, made, man, man, fabricated. That's what his that's name means. Well, then he has the name Enoch, 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 Enoch. He's to be trained to initiate. Well, then Enoch has the name Irad. Awesome name. Until you know what it means. Fugitive, fugitive. Means means the running, the running guilty. That's what it means. That's what it means. Iran has Iran has Iran has means to be blot out God. 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 Like, like to name, name your child. child. Blot out God. 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 Mahuel has a name of Mahuel. Man who is not of God. And then and then the name of 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 the name